Welcome to another edition of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is James Cooney and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Lewis Glover. Lewis, how are you, mate? All right, James. I'm very well. Very well. Looking forward to a, another episode of, of the podcast. I look forward to it every week and yeah, Thursday nights is one of my one of my favorite nights. Absolutely. And we've also got each other this week in the uh, Vault Studio Listener League uh uh, we've also got each other in the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Listener League, and uh, you're going to go down, mate. Well, we are playing each other. You've got that right, so well done. That's one point. Going down, not so much. Let's just uh, check in with our records. Uh, my team, FF Down Under, is, what am I, 2-0? and And the very eloquently named Team 1 for James Cooney, who is yet to... Uh, come up with a team name is uh is that Owen two i see yes i am zero and two as you can see but i've also got two players um suspended so just wait till they, they come back so week five that's what i'm gonna kick up into a gear don't worry mate don't worry so about, they're mate. not gonna help you this week when we play though are they no i don't need the help okay i don't so, need the help all right i so, just i just know uh, the guy and three oh and three let's see how let's see how you go making the playoffs oh and three all right we'll see i'll, I'll give you the week then how about that and i'll make the playoffs <laughs> I don't need no favors. Okay. Well, on this week's show, uh, we'll be hitting up once again the fantasy share market, uh, giving you a couple of deep uh, free agent pickups for your teams, uh, doing our weekly start sits and streams, doing a kicker duel, which uh, unfortunately last week, due to technical difficulties, uh, wasn't heard. But Lewis chose Graham Cano, I chose uh, Brandon McManus, and we had a tie, 8 8, because for some reason, ESPN do a stupid rule where they give. Uh, two uh, sorry, extra two points for kick it, uh, for field goals over fifty yards, which is absolutely absurd. Shouldn't be happening. But anyway, you reward you reward the uh, the more difficult kick. That's that's all it is. It's no different from flight, you know the the forty or fifty yard passing touchdown the, bonus. The more difficult don't be salty. Ki- the don't more, be salty. The more difficult kick is the one to win the game, which Brandon McManus <laughs> did, and I should get yeah. at least at least another fifty points for that. Anyway. Um, we'll also be touching on Lewis's man crush, Saquon Barkley, and we'll be doing something different this week to end the show. We'll be doing like a and a similar to a mailbag, but a and a this week. What are your thoughts on that, Lewis? A and a yeah. Oh, that's well, it's, it's news to me, but I'm, I'm excited. Where it's, listeners give us questions and we answer them. Oh, so a mailbag. Sort of, but it's Q&A. <laughs> Uh, but as always, we do some shout-outs and some plugs. Um, go to our website, thevaultstudio.com.au. You can also follow us at The Vault Studio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, subscribe to our podcast feed, The Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, be sure to give us a five-star rating too. Um, we will be going on the new sort of fantasy football stream uh, in a couple of weeks. So if you're still on the old NFL podcast, be sure to subscribe to our new one. And Lewis, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore down under and also on Facebook at Fantasy Football Down Under there. And we run a great group. There's a, quite a lot of people in there. We're all discussing trades, uh, different uh, start-sit questions. And also, I've decided on Sunday evenings from about 7 p.m., I'll be doing a, a live stream taking everyone's start-sit questions as well. So if you've got any last-minute lineup decisions you want to you wanna talk over, You'll find us there. Feel free to come in and join in the fun. And you can also ask me, Lewis, about who you want to start and sit in your team this week as well. Will do. Will do. And also, lastly, uh, for all our Melbourne listeners, Sporting Globes, 7 p.m., Richmond. Uh, James and Dan will be doing the third live show, in third live host show in history for the uh, Vault Studio. Um, be sure to get down. They'll be recapping the Thursday night game between the Jets and the Browns. Can't wait for the Browns to win their first game. Uh, so excited. Yeah. They'll be previewing the rest of the week three games and also doing some trivia and games all night. So be sure to be there. But always, let's get started with our share market. Bit of a weird week this week, week two. Um, who have you got first? For, who are you selling? Who are you buying? What's a go? Well, yeah, like you said, a bit of a strange week. And you'll notice a bit of a theme with, with my buying. It's always going to be players that are down. And a lot of people are panicking over David Johnson right now, and rightly so, because his usage has been terrible. And so if you can buy David Johnson and the owner's panicking, 
go ahead and do it. If you're buying him at 75 cents on the dollar, get out there, buy David Johnson, because eventually he will come good. He's got the talent. We've seen the usage before. The head coach is saying that we've got to get him more involved. And quite frankly, if the offense doesn't shape up anytime soon, we'll see McCoy out the door. Um, and there's a reason why DJ is going so slow. It's simply because the Cardinals are just not running enough plays. Well, that's not the only reason, but that's one of them. In 2016, when DJ went absolutely nuts, it was the running back one. The Cardinals were running nearly 68 plays per game. For the first two weeks, they're only running 55 and a half. So that's, you know, let me just, nearly 13 more plays or less plays for, for Johnson to be able to get involved in. So really takes away the opportunity that he has to be able to score fantasy points. So here's my first uh, buy low or buy of the fantasy share market. Well, you can have all my David Johnson stock because I'm selling. I'm getting rid of the Cardinals, don't like them. Didn't before the preseason. Wasn't too high on David Johnson. He saw my fourth running back within the top four. Um, he only had two targets this week. And that was when the game was well and truly over. So I'm not too sure that Mike McCoy, unless he's getting fired anytime soon, um, I just don't see any hope for this Cardinals offense. And Larry Fitzgerald too, who uh, hurt his hamstring in the game. And he has done nothing on offense with Sam Bradford as his quarterback. I'm selling all of my Cardinal stock. Just on the Cardinals, do you think we're going to see a change at quarterback sooner rather than later? Uh, you'd think so. The way Bradford's Sam Bradford been has just been. I mean, I I talked him up a little bit in the uh, in the preseason as one of you know as a possible streaming option, real late round quarterback, and he, he's just been absolutely terrible as the entire Cardinals have been, and they're they're fighting out with the Bills for the most hopeless organization in in football right now. I wouldn't say they're so, hopeless because all, they do all, have... all they need, all they need is for for a player to retire halfway through the game. That was pretty funny. I, I write hilarious. that I write that a lot. You know you know <laughs> your team's just... really bad when you retire at halftime. That's I know. Okay, so again, just so glad he did it because the memes have been sensational. Absolutely. Um who's your next buy or sell? Uh, my next buy is Brandon Cooks. Interesting. Because his his usage has been awesome. A lot of people thought that when he went to the Rams, he was going to just move in and take the Sammy Watkins role, which was just the decoy or the deep threat. But he's been really involved in the offense. Uh, he's had 26% market share of Jared Goss targets. He's been involved. And last week, he had a monster week as well. Um, stay tuned to see if he's going to be one of my starts or sit this week. Ooh, but okay. uh, as, as a general for the, for the season, for the rest of the year, and in Dynasty, I'm, I'm buying, buying all the Brandon Cooks that I can. Well, the Rams this year have been much better without Sammy Watkins. Their three wide receivers, Woods, Cup, and Cooks, have just dominated every team they've played. They've got the Chargers this week who can't cover anybody. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how many points Joe Goff puts up on them. Absolutely. Uh, who you? Who else are you uh, buying or selling? Russell Wilson. I'm getting rid of him. Number one fantasy quarterback last year. Um, he's got a horrible offensive line. He's got no weapons to throw to. Um if he's got no time to throw to uh, sorry wide receivers either. Got um, he's going in to get he's going to get injured soon. Really, um, he's getting hit. What he got hit sacked twelve times. I think it's the most in the first two games in NFL That's history. Um, they've played they've played two good defenses, Von Miller and Khalil Mack. They've he, they've destroyed their offensive line, um, but they are playing the Dallas defense at home. A bad offensive line at home is a bit better, but Demarcus Lawrence is a beast too. So I don't see how that's going to bode well for him either. Yeah, I mean, if someone is going to give you good value for Russell Wilson, I, I'm I'm not opposed to selling because that whole Seahawks team is just a, a bit of a clusterfuck right now. Yeah. And, you know, he's missing his number one guy in Doug Baldwin. But like you said, the O-line's a mess. They don't know which running back they want to start. It's allegedly Chris Carson, but he gets tired in the second half. They have no idea what they want to do. They They're a mess. Let's run the football in the fourth quarter while we're down two scores and run off the clock. Like, what are you doing? But, you know, they told us this. They would do this in the preseason. Schottenheimer said, we're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball some more. And when they know we're running, we're going to continue to run it. Just absolute madness. And they don't have the defense to support that that philosophy. So it's just it's just a bad situation all around. So I, I can absolutely see where you're coming from with, with Russell Wilson. Um, are, you, uh, are you buying anyone? Because you, you've been selling pretty hard. Absolutely. I'm buying the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver room. Who knows what's happening with Antonio Brown? What's the the discipline that he received or anything like that? Or there's anything bad locker room? But Juju Smith Schuster had an unbelievable week last week against the Kansas City defense. James Washington sort of had a good game too. And if they do, if AB sits out or 
something like that. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who aren't the best defense either. I think Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington this week could have huge games, a huge uh, end of the season, and I really like what they're putting out. Yeah, I mean, the whole Steelers' offense is is humming. I mean, yeah, like you said, they torched the Kansas City defense, but, you know, that's not particularly hard right now. They're absolutely atrocious. We'll talk more on them a little bit later on in the show. But I'm I'm still so high on Antonio Brown. The Steelers are not a disciplinary organization. It would have been a, a little slap on the wrist. This is the same guy that live streamed a you know out of the locker room after a game, and they did they did virtually nothing. Sure, he's he's he you know he he skipped a meeting for quote unquote personal reasons, but. They've paid him all that money. He has no reason to sit out. Bell's holding out because he wants to preserve himself and get paid. Antonio Brown's already been paid, and he wants to prove that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. His ego is out of control, and he's got the market share. He's got the air yards, and yeah, he, you know he didn't get the the yardage on the field against the Chiefs like everyone thought he would. That that went to Juju, but I think this week Brown's going to play, and Brown is going to absolutely feast. Well, there have been rumors of Brown and Roethlisberger having a bit of blues in recent years. The ego is getting to him. So don't be surprised if you see uh, Antonio Brown just sit out because he just doesn't want to play for him. I just, I just, I just don't see... He's only got anything to lose. He has nothing to gain. He's, you know, They're not going to trade him. They're not going to... Yeah. We'll, we'll f- follow that storyline a little bit more th- you know, towards, towards Sunday or, or Monday here. But yeah, I, I can't see him sitting out. Could do a Jimmy Butler and just ask for a trade, mate. That's all... <laughs> Trade me. Exactly. Um, who is your number three buy or sell? My number three sell and, you know, I hate to say it. I said it last week. He proved me wrong, but I've got to, I've got to go all in again on, on Ryan Fitzpatrick. This this could be the last opportunity to to sell him while he's running hot. I, I, uh, I do like him this week, but I think, you know, it's – all good things must come to an end. And I think if you've picked him up and you someone's looking for a quarterback and you can get something for him, go ahead and do it. Yeah, he's going to regress to the mean sometime. Um, these unbelievable showings he's had, uh, this has got to stop soon. He's the uh, Sorry, he started off the year with the most fantasy points ever in history, second only to Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, which is just unbelievable. He torched an Eagles defense, which basically, he had two touchdowns, which basically came down to he, nobody in the Eagles could tackle anyone. Deshaun Jackson got free. He should have been tackled. OJ Howe broke about 10 tackles. And they basically that basically just cost us a game. I'm not really happy about that. But yeah, he's playing against Pittsburgh defense who got torched by Mahomes. Who did they play week one? Now I'm forgetting. Saints. That's it. No, no, no. Sorry. Steelers. Oh, who did the Steelers play week yes. one? Oh, the Browns. They played the Browns. In, oh, in shit weather. So doesn't really help. But... They're going to get tortured, I reckon, by Fitzmagic. Um, I think Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, o- OJ Howard are going to have huge games against their defense. They just can't tackle anybody. And you saw against the Eagles that they just break tackles. Yeah, I, I mean, the Steelers' defense is in a mess right now. You know, people want to blame their problems on Le'Veon Bell sitting out. <laughs> nope. They, you know, oh, Antonio Brown's a little bit unhappy. Nope, that's not why you're losing games. You're losing games because you can't defend a lead or you can't. You know, you can't stop anyone. You're putting your quarterback in a hole. It's, of course, you're not going to win games when you're down 21 nothing in the first quarter at home and you're historically supposed to be a team that's built on defense. Like, it's it's quite funny watching the organization just implode, but they've been like this for years, the Steelers. So, you know, they had it coming. Exactly. And, I'm, you know, as a you know Philadelphia fan, Pittsburgh being a little brother, I'm sort of liking this too. <laughs> Anyway, we'll move on. Um, we'll go into a uh, free agent dive, deep, deep free agent dive, just because you know, obviously usually Wednesday nights are your wave wire night, and obviously you've probably picked up whoever you got, but we want to do some deep free agent dives. Uh, Lewis, who is your first one here? My first one, and this is really, really deep, uh, it's Albert Wilson, wide receiver from Miami. He's only 2.7% owned on ESPN leagues, and you know he had, you know, he had a, a pretty nice... Nice week. Um, what did he What did he score this week in, in PPR scoring? He had thirteen and a half points, only three three receptions, thirty seven yards, and a touchdown. But you know he had a, a pretty equal uh, market share. So he's 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 a deep ad, you know, because Parker seems to be knocked up, knocked <laughs> banged up rather than knocked <laughs> up, knocked around, and uh, yeah, he seems to be struggling to to get back on the field. So Wilson could have some value. 
I've gone with Tyler Boyd. Um, I sort of mentioned him in that preview that he could sort of stand out, and he has. Sort of John Ross um, has only had six targets in two games, and Boyd has had nine targets. and uh, Sorry, had nine targets in week two. Um, I think he's the go-to guy for Dalton, even though Dalton had an unbelievable game in week two. It's not going to happen every week. But I think Tyler Boyd is the number two option in that offense. Yeah, it seems to be shaken out that way. And that's, that, that's a, it was a good call by you in the preseason. I really thought, uh, you know, after they were, they were trying to get John Ross involved in the preseason, he showed out a little bit. I thought it'd be him. But yeah, Tyler Boyd really stepped up. He looked fantastic against Baltimore and he, and he cashed in. Six for ninety-one and a touchdown, twenty-one point one fancy points. So, yeah, if he's if he's still around, and you know, I'm looking at the waiver wire right now, twelve percent owned. He's he's available in a few of my leagues. If you need wide receiver help, go and get go and get Boyd. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of of flexing Tyler Boyd. I've got one more, not sort of a deep one, but he's I think it's only forty percent of leagues. Theoretic. Um, the Lions suck on defense, so they're gonna be down by heaps. Um, they're playing the Patriots this week. And I think there'll be a lot of uh, passing situations. Matt Patricia's defense yeah, is just horrible. And Josh McDaniels is going to torch him. And I see Stafford uh, throwing a lot. And he's going to get just a lot of dump-offs, really. Because Stafford hasn't looked great this year. He's not really throwing as well as he has in past years. Even though Golden Tate um, had a good game last week and week before. But I think Thierry Rigg is a, is a back in Detroit. Yeah, uh, he's always had that solid floor because of his PPR involvement. He really should be rostered in all leagues, but if he's not, and forty percent is pretty low ownership, uh, yeah, absolutely, go go and go and scoop up Theo Riddick. Absolutely. Now we'll move on to our favourite segment: start sits and streams. Always go with the QB first, Lewis. Since you're two and zero, why don't you go first, mate? <laughs> all right. So my start this week is uh, Matty Ice. He had a fan- fantastic week two, piled up the points after an abysmal week one. You know, people were were very down on him. It's amazing how things change week to week in fantasy football. Uh, even after a few weeks, you know, there's the the crazy overreactions and the, the 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 guys that have come out of nowhere to take the lead. It's you know the the cream always rises to the top, and I think Matt Ryan's going to have a, a good game against New Orleans. He put up thirty points last week. Saints D is ranked thirtieth against the pass right now. He's at home. Um, and, you know, you expect the Saints to put up points as well. So Ryan's going to have to continue to throw the ball. Devontae Freeman is out with the with the knee bruise. So they're not going to be as quite as run heavy. Coleman, you know, doesn't carry the ball as well. He's more effective in, in the passing game. So I think I really like Matt Ryan. And they improved massively in the red zone. And that was the big critique on them. They moved the ball up and down the field, but they just couldn't score against the Eagles, even though, you know, they didn't have the group. We know, now know they don't have the best defense. But in week one, the Falcons had a success rate in the red zone of going from left to right of the field, 17%, 25%, and 55% success rates. In week two, it was 100%, 100%, and 67%. So those successes in the red zone uh, jumped massively. Whether it's Sarkeesian improving, whether it was just variance, we'll wait and see. But, you know, they got Ridley involved in there. He scored a nice touchdown. They were uh, and, uh, and Ryan also... Rushed, rushed in for, I think I think he went for two touchdowns on the ground. Yes, so, did. you know, if they're getting a little bit more creative down there, that's good things for the whole offense. Yes, because I had him in a sit last week and that went terribly, terribly well for me. <laughs> uh, my start for this week is a combination of Jimmy G and Patrick Mahomes. Um, both terrible defenses. Um, Mahomes is having his breakout year this year. Um, second leading fantasy point score behind Fitzpatrick. Um, though he's also playing his first home game this year, which is going to help him a lot. Um the Chiefs' defense allows 34 fantasy points per game to QBs, while the 49ers' defense allows 23 fantasy points per game to QBs. And Marquise Gooden might be back this week too for Jimmy G, so that's another reliable target coming back. Start both these plays in your fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. That game has got points written all over it. Uh, if you fancy a bit of a punt on the game as well, I'd be taking the over on that one. Absolutely. Who's your sit for this week, Neil Lewis? My sit at quarterback for this week is uh, is your man, Carson Wentz. Um, no, my man is Nick Foles, but go on. <laughs> well, he's coming back. He's taking taking his uh, his rightful place at the, the helm of the Philadelphia offense. But there's no Alshon Jeffrey, no Mike Wallace. He hasn't played for a significant amount of time. It is actually a good matchup on paper. The, the Colts defense isn't really scaring anyone. But 
you know, let's just see how he, you know, he responds to the game environment. He has, he's had a little bit of contact, but they really wouldn't have been touching him much in practice. So I know if you've drafted Carson Wentz, you're probably really excited to roll him out, but let's just see how he goes. I, I presume as well, they're going to be limiting his, uh, his rollouts and design runs and things like that. So that, that, that was something that gave him quite a nice fantasy floor in, in, you know, previous seasons. So see what they do, see how he looks, how he's moving, uh, and then start to get more comfortable with with uh, starting Carson Wentz. For me, he's a sit this week. I disagree with you, but I also don't. I see where you're coming from, but again, it's a Colts defense. They're terrible. That's Well, yeah, they, they That's are. It's just, it really just depends on your appetite for risk and what your situation at quarterback is as well. If he's all you've got or, you know, you've, you've got someone who's got a much worse matchup, then you've got to take the chance and hope that the the, the rehab and, and they've they've done the right thing, which the organization seems to have done. You know, they're a switched on organization. Uh, they, you know, they're very shrewd in the moves that they make. They've, they've managed his injury very well. They could have rushed him back at the start of the season. So if you have to, you, you know, play him over a bad matchup, but um, if you've got a luxury or you can pick up someone else off the waiver wire, that's why I'm, I'd be sitting Carson Wentz. My sit this week, I've got a bit of an easy one because I've hit zero and two so far. We have Case Keenum uh, of the Broncos. Looked really bad against the uh, Raiders last week. Um, he's playing. They're playing their first road game against the Ravens, who are always good at home. Um, they've only allowed one player to finish in the top 15 fantasy points in the last nine home games, the Ravens have. So I'm liking Case Keem to have a horrible game, even though, yeah, Andy Dalton torched them. Uh, they are a different team home and away. Bench Keem this week. Yeah, I like that call. Baltimore at home. Really, really tough matchup for them. Give us a, uh, give us yeah. a stream. Who's your stream for this week? My stream, and this this is it. It's Pat, Ryan Fitzpatrick. What? I said I was selling, but I'm also streaming this week. He's still available. He's only 31% owned. This is it. This is your last chance, in my opinion, to soak up the goodness of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going against this horrific defense that was murdered by Patrick Mahomes. 326 yards, six touchdowns. He's got all the weapons we talked about at the open of the show uh, at his disposal. And... I, I genuinely think Khalil Mack might kill him in week four. He might he might die on the field. Old old, old man uh, Fitzpatrick might get cut in half, and it might you know it's probably the last time we're going to see him. They have the um, the bye the bye week in week five. A lot of a lot of people, some Tampa Bay beat writers, think that if he has a bad game against that tough Chicago defense, which is highly possible, it'll be Winston back in the saddle after the bye week, coming back in week six. So. Enjoy this run while you can. Fire up Fitzmagic one last time. For some reason, Ryan Fitzpatrick loves to play in contract years. Like you saw it with the Jets, you saw it with the Bills, and now you're seeing it with uh, the Bucks. He just when he's the last year of his contract, he just balls out, and I don't know why. What's well, that? It's that Harvard education, man. You, you know, you you, you apply oh, yourself really, when you're about to get paid, and people have got a short-term memory. It's the most overused joke. Oh, Harvard education. Oh, it's, nobody cares. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And did you know Jimmy Graham played basketball? Did he? You're kidding. <laughs> My stream for the week is uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, he's played two underrated defense so far in the Titans and Jets. Uh, hasn't blown anyone away with fantasy points, but the Raiders are flying cross country and playing their second row game in a row. Uh, they've got He's got great targets in Wilson, Amendola and Kenny Steeles and also does have the ability to run as well. So I'm going to give Ryan Tannehill my stream for this week. I believe he's only owned oh. in 30... No, sorry. 12% of leagues. So there you go. No, sorry, 6.2. Bang, there you 6. go. Yeah, yeah, 6.2. I like that. He's, he's free. He's on wave of wires. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I prefer to start Tannehill over, over Carson Wentz, to be honest with you. Ooh, cough that. I like that. That's it. Throwing shade at Carson Wentz. I don't like that, mate. It's no, no shade at Carson Wentz. No shade at all. MVP candidate last year, mate, and you're throwing shade at him. Uh, let's go to the running backs. <laughs> no shade intended. Let's get, let's get on to the running backs. Hit me. Who's your first one? My first start, and I'll pair it with uh, my sit as well, because they're in the same game, they're in the same backfield. I'm starting Chris Thompson, and I'm sitting Adrian Peterson. Why so? Uh, so Chris Thompson is uh, he's second in running back receptions through two weeks. He's got plenty of fancy points. He's, um, you know, he's he, he can do things that Adrian Peterson can't catching the ball and, and running routes. And the, the Washington Redskins are going to be playing from behind. Green Bay is going to come in there. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to drop a stack of points on them, as expected. Uh, and yeah, so that's why I really like Chris Thompson. 
And I don't like Adrian Peterson because 28 of his 42 touches have come when Washington have had the lead in his first two games. And he's completely volume dependent now. And I just don't think he's going to see see that kind of volume uh, because I don't see the Redskins being able to to get up early and often against uh, against Green Bay. I agree with you there. Um, obviously, Thompson's a bit of PPR value than Peterson, but I'm smelling something fishy with that Green Bay-Washington game. I don't know why. I'm smelling something fishy. I'm just not thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to step up like he has. That bad knee and all. I don't know. Something fishy. I'm just going to stay away from that one. Fair enough. Yeah, I just... The, the, the Green Bay defense is, is much improved. You know, they've, they've improved their secondary uh, significantly. And Alex Smith is not the quarterback he was last year. He's last in the league for, you know, in significant snaps of, of average depth of target. He's gone from his best deep ball throwing year when, surprise, surprise, he had Tyreek Hill. And now he's gone back to being checked down Charlie. He's averaging, it's, it's about five, five, yards, uh, five yards per target. So he's gone back to his former self. He had his outlier season. Uh, he's a still a very good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's not going to uh, open it up and let it fly against Green Bay. I don't think that Colts defense is tough. Remember that. Um, my start for this week, I've got Theoretic, who I touched on before. Um, I don't have to mention him again. I've also got Tevin Coleman. Um, Freeman's out for the next couple of weeks with his uh, knee injury. He had twenty touches last week, which is tied for six in for running backs. He has also eighteenth um, ranked in PPR scoring for running backs. And it could be a shootout in New Orleans. So I'm expecting a lot of points, a lot of throwing, a lot of Matty Ice doing a check down Charlie to Tevin Coleman here. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and I'll just take a quick victory lap because Tevin Coleman was one of my starts last week. You know, we only call, we only call out when we're when we're right on this show. Well, I was right. I was. <laughs> don't speak about rights, Gronk. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, you were. I mean, I don't like to gloat, but it, there. It was. A, it was. A, I've got another one for this week too. Don't worry. No, all right, all right. I look forward to that yeah. one. But yeah, Gronk, Gronk had a had a poor game, unfortunately. I mean, he was defended incredibly well, double team, triple team at times. So, yeah, Jacksonville had a, a perfect game plan for him. And in the absence of anyone else, i.e., wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Josh Gordon to to draw some coverage. The uh, yeah, there was just nothing he could do. So kudos to you. That was a a great call. But um, all like that. Yeah, anyway. we, we we get we get some we get some right and we get some wrong, and that's that's how fancy. Fancy football goes. My uh, next start at running back, moving moving swiftly back to them, is uh, is Matt Brader. Like now, it. you uh, you talked about uh, Jimmy G and Patrick Mahomes, and you know the defenses aren't great, and and how how many points are going to be scored in this? So yeah, I love Matt Brader. He's going up against the Casey defense that's given up the second most fantasy points to running back, and is ranked dead last in Football Outsiders defensive DVOA stat. The explosive offense in KC is number one, as we talked about. Patrick Mahomes absolutely killing it. And Breda has seen 12 of his 22 carries and four of his six targets when the Niners are trailing. I expect him to be behind, and I expect Breda to be on the field. Morris leads him in total snap counts by 65 to 55 on the season, but he actually only has two total more touches. So whenever Breda is on the field, they're, they're going to him. They're getting him involved in the game plan. And being behind, I really see another big week for Matt Breda, who who uncorked on the Lions last week. Absolutely. I agree with you on that one. And he's also the NFL's leading rusher. 183 uh, running yards. That's unbelievable. Should- yeah, right. Just as all the preseason experts predicted. Absolutely. Um, my sit for this week, I've gone LeSean McCoy is my first one. Um, I've cheated a bit because we shouldn't be really going any Bills player uh, <laughs> or any player starting with the Bills. But um, yeah, he's had a disappointing season. The offensive line is putrid and uh, couldn't block someone on Twitter. Um, he's potentially out with cracked ribs. And yeah, even if he does play this week, he's got the Vikings defense. Um, he basically has no trade value at this point as well because... He just can't score, and I don't think anyone's going to score from. Yeah, it's McCoy's a, a weird situation. You know, there's the this the second accusation to to surface soon, so there might be some disciplinary action. We'll see, but at the, at the moment, Lashawn McCoy remains firmly on your bench. I just just because it's Lashawn McCoy, I just don't think you can drop him. Uh, and you know, unless you're 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 in injury injury uh, hell somewhere else, and you're holding Le'Veon Bell and. You've got Doug Baldwin and he's hurt and so on and so forth. But unless you're in real deep injury struggle, you can't drop Shady McCoy, but you're not starting him anytime soon either. Not at all. Um, who is your sit for this week for running backs? My second sit uh, after Adrian Peterson is Carlos Hyde. Mm, okay. 
Yeah, Browns running back going against uh, the Jets tomorrow morning for us on Mon- oh, sorry, Monday, Thursday night football uh, over in, in the States. And he's just been so inefficient. He's averaging 2.76 yards per carry. And I know yards per carry isn't, you know, a very good uh, predictor or sort of it's a descriptive stat of success. It's, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but he's had only three total targets. And he averaged 5.5 targets a game in San Francisco, which gave him a great floor last year. He was really involved in the passing game. He's not being involved in in Cleveland at all. So he can't get much going on the ground. Uh, He's not involved in the passing game. And Hugh Jackson has just come out and said they want Duke Johnson more involved. And he was the running back 11 in PPR scoring. He's an incredibly good, one of the best in the league, uh, uh, pass catching out of the backfield. And, you know, Josh Josh Gordon's gone. So Landry's also missed some time with... with, uh, with a knee injury, missed some practice. So this could be a nice Duke Johnson game. And uh, yeah, I just, Carlos Hyde, uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not digging it. Don't put yourself in a, in a hole and be, and be chasing chasing your fancy matchup by, by starting Carlos Hyde this week. Um, with that Browns sort of running back room, I just don't trust anything that Hugh Jackson says. He might want to get Duke Johnson in the game, but let's be real, it's probably not going to happen. He's the biggest shit talker I've ever seen as an NFL coach. And I can't wait for them to... Almost win the game, but lose as well. That's what I can't wait for. Yeah, this is the thing. I really want the Browns to win a game because you know it's just they oh. need it, and I want to see those. I want to see all the videos of the beer fridges being popped open. But on the other hand, if they keep losing, it means Hugh Jackson is probably going to get fired, and someone competent, i.e., Todd Haley, is going to take over and and run the team properly. And finally, you know, they can unleash all this potential on offense that they've got and you know, start Baker Mayfield and get him involved. And yeah, just oh, Hugh Jackson, man. He seems like a nice guy, but my goodness, stop it. Exactly. Um, my next sit for running backs, I've got on sort of a uh, combination to it. This new thing this week, combinations. I've got uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Um, Baltimore defense at home in a way, as I touched on before, is just unbelievable. Um, they're going to be splitting carries too, uh, Lindsay and Freeman and Booker as well. Uh, they always play the run well and, the Baltimore Ravens allow the least amount of points to running backs in fantasy this year. So sit the three of them, actually. Go all three. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a tough tough backfield to call right now. Obviously, Lindsay's had this unbelievable start to his career. I think he's the only undrafted free agent in history to open with two consecutive 100 yards from scrimmage games, which is just remarkable. Um but yeah, you know they they like Freeman as well, and for some reason, even though he's really bad at football, they keep involving Devonte Booker. He stinks. You know, it'd be more palatable. You go, okay, it's quite clear Freeman's carving out first and second down goal line work. Lindsay gets some carries and is going to be the third down back. But then they bring Devonte Booker in as well, so it's just a bit of a, a mess all around. I don't feel confident starting any of them because of them, particularly because of the matchup. Uh, so we'll. You know, maybe after week three we'll have some some more clarity, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't mind that that call at all. In their favour though, got CJ Mosley out and Jimmy Smith out too, but still, I really rate this Baltimore defense at home, not away. Yeah, uh, always a always a tough place to go and play on the road up in in Baltimore. There, we'll move on to wide receivers. Give us your start for this week. My boy, Sammy Watkins. He yeah. had he, you know. He, he had his breakout game. game. I, told game. You, I told you to sit him in, in week one. I, I said, don't start him. I didn't say anything about him in week two. I don't believe I, I just did. said I wanted, I wanted to, to see it. Um, we saw it, and he was involved. He had um, a 25% market share. Kelsey had 36%, and Hill had 21%. I think what happened in week one is Tyreek Hill got so hot, they just ran the entire offense to him. Kelsey suffered, Watkins suffered, Hunt suffered. It was just one of those games where everything he touched turned to gold. So... Why wouldn't you go with him if he's just playing that well? But Watkins really is a viable wide receiver too, in my opinion. He had six catches, 100 yards, and a 30-yard carry. He had about 19.9 fantasy points. Um, he was overthrown on a wide-open 40-yard touchdown when he got lined up one-on-one with TJ Watt. He's obviously going to smoke him, the linebacker. And Mahomes, one of the very few times in the either two games that we've seen him really... Uh, really miss anything and, and that would have really taken Sammy over the top put him into the, one of the top wide receivers for the week he missed out on another 11 how's my math there yeah another 11, 11 points there but he was great and uh, the fact that he scored 20 
20 PPR points without scoring a touchdown uh, is, is uh, you know, really encouraging signs for me as well. And against that San Francisco defense, we know it's going to be a shootout. I, I love Sammy Watkins this week. Um, yeah, he really uh, showed me last week when I told everyone to sit him. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, Sammy Watkins is going to have the games where he's not going to show up and he's going to have games like he did last week. Um, I think the Kansas City offense is probably one of the best offenses I've seen in a while, probably since the uh, 07 Patriots. But remains to be seen. It's a long season, still 15 rounds to go. Um, we'll see if Mahomes and crew can hold up. Yeah, and just one one last thing on that, and maybe I'll touch on it a little bit more when we come to the, uh, to the Q&A section of the show. <clears throat> but um, it just seems that they're not involving Kareem Hunt in the passing game as well. And Mahomes is able to sustain three fantasy relevant assets in in Hill, Kelsey and um and uh, Anthony Sherman. Sorry? Anthony Sherman. <laughs> Absolutely. Fullbacks. Absolutely. Uh I've gone the same game in my starts. I've gone combination of TY Hilton and if you need some help in your deeper leagues, go for Ryan Grant. Um they're going against the Eagles who can't cover anyone. Uh Lucky's going to have an absolute field day against our corners. We allowed 58.4 PPR points to Tampa Bay last week. And the past two weeks, we've led the number one wide receivers to average 24.56 PPR points. Um, we can't cover anything. And yeah, Ryan Grant's also just a, also just look a, uh, worth a look in deeper leagues if you need the help. Yeah. Uh, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, you're mostly firing him up every week that you can. But I especially love love this matchup. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a... Should be a pretty... Uh, High-scoring game for the uh, the pass catchers of, of Indianapolis against that defense. Hopefully. And I've gone the opposite side too. I've gone uh, the combination of Nelson Aguilar and recently signed, welcome back, Jordan Matthews. He's one of he's one of Wentz's favorite targets in 2016, his first year in Philly. Um, he obviously got traded last year because Aguilar emerged as the slot receiver, but now he's back with injuries to Mike Wallace and Torrey Smith. We need somebody on the outside. And Jordan Matthews, welcome back. I reckon he's, gonna have a, he's not going to have a big game. But he's going to have a good game with Kamar Aiken. He had a, a decent game last week at uh, 11 uh, PPR points against Tampa Bay. And I think Aguilar and Matthews are going to have absolute dream weeks this week. Yeah, I think I think you can comfortably project Aguilar just off volume alone for a, a mid-wide receiver two week. He and, and Matthews might, might have some flex appeal. Now, you'll, you'll know better than me because I haven't closely watched uh, Philadelphia last week. Was was Aguilar lining up outside in the slot or a bit of a combination of both? More slot than anything. More slot than anything. Yeah. See, that's the only concern I have with Jordan Matthews is he he dominates his best in the slot. His his best season came, I think it was in two thousand fifteen. He had that very productive season from the slot, and then they and then they moved him to the outside, and it just it just wasn't working out for him. Now whether they they rotate them in and out and, and gets Aguilar some outside looks as well because uh, you know there's a a lack of warm bodies in the in the receiver room. We'll see. But that's my only concern. If they just try to force Jordan Matthews to the outside, he just he's not a great perimeter receiver. Well, the Patriots made it work with Amendola and Edelman, so I don't see why it can't work here, mate. <laughs> we are we okay. are the, we beat the Patriots with a Patriot Slayer. Um, suck it. Uh, we're going to do better than you. Clearly, clearly, yeah, clearly. Because your, your organization's looking so good right now. At least the team when, on the field. When was the last time you won a Super Bowl? Seriously. When was it? I'm forgetting, was it? <laughs> that would be two seasons ago. Oh, I, oh sorry, my bad. Okay, because we yeah. won ours last year. Last you season? Did. Yeah, yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do mean, you remember that? Because I do. I, I, I do as well, and you know. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Super Everyone remembers their first time very vividly. Me too. I uh, will never forget that day. Thank you, Ashley Crocker. Um, moving on to our... Oh, no, you got one more start, don't you? you... I do, I do. And um, it's John Brown. Smokey Brown, who's just had a fantastic start to the season. First game, 13.5 fancy points. And second game, 19.5 fancy points. He had a 19% market share in week two. And he's actually 15th in the entire NFL in the percentage of, of teams' air yards. So that was 222, 21 yards in, in week two. So he's seeing volume. Flacco's airing it out to him. And he's facing a Denver D that you know isn't what it used to be against wide receivers he's given up 219 yards and touched and a touchdown to Oakland wide receivers so i really like uh, john brown this week i've actually I, i've had him on the bench the last two weeks in a couple of leagues and i just I, I can't do it he's just looking and playing too good 
And I, I, I like John Brown this week. Yeah, I was a bit late to the party. You said in the previews for Baltimore that he was going to break out, and he did. Um, kudos to you. Um, he did have that one great catch against the Bengals last week where three people missed, missed the ball and it went straight to him. Um, but, yeah, he's looking like Flacco's favorite target. I think Crabtree and Willie Sneed um, looked good in that Bengals game. Well, Reigns to be seen, though, when they play at home because, obviously, as everybody knows, they play two different teams at home and away. But, yeah, John Brown this year is looking a good fantasy sort of number two right receiver. Yeah, and Crab Crabtree just doesn't look like to be look like he's delivering the goods at all. I'm not sure whether he's not on the same page as, as Flacco or maybe he's just lost a step, but things aren't things aren't looking too great for, for Crabtree at, at the moment. But yeah. um, my, my, my first sit of the week, and he's one of my favorite young wide receivers in the NFL, but the matchup's terrible, is Corey Davis. Yep. Going against going against Jacksonville. He's had the volume. He's had one of the biggest market shares for, for wide receivers in the league, and he's had 20 targets through the first two games, which is, you know, fantastic volume, and that's what you want. But leave him on the bench against Jacksonville. We're still unsure about Mariota. I think he's I think he's yeah, he's gonna play, but they're talking about this elbow having problems for, you know, potentially months. Offensive line still dinged up. Yeah, Corey Davis is a is a clear sit for me this week. Are you scared that Chris Hogan and OBJ torch them though? I mean, no, because OBJ is OBJ. He's just elite, and Chris Hogan, you know, it was mainly garbage time. The game was this game was pretty much done by then. So, yeah, and it's. Just, no, fair enough. I've, yeah, blank. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not scared by that. You know. I'm not. I'm not putting starting players in my lineup relying on garbage time because it just might might not happen, especially against a, a great defense. So, yeah. I mean, he'll probably come out and prove me wrong and, and dunk all over me. But I just, it's just the matchup dictates that it's, it's probably it's probably a sit this week. Moving on, my uh, first sit for this week is uh, Robbie Anderson. He's only had six targets in two games, and it looks like Quincy Numa and Terrell Pryor uh, seem like Donald's guys this year. I think Anderson's on the out. He's only had. Uh, what was it three catches, 68 yards, and one touchdown? So I think it's time to move on from here. Might need to cut him, which we'll move on, which we I'll, I'll touch on the Q&A. But yeah, it just seems like he's the odd man out with uh, Pry and Inuma dominating their targets. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Of course, just because of his, his, his real elite, deep talent that he has, he's just really great at going deep and score. He does have that chance to, to break up a touchdown, but it's just far too. Uh, unreliable to, to bank on that. He's not getting the volume and, and that's what we're looking for in fantasy football. Your last sit for the week? My last sit of the week and I talked him up at the start of the show in our share market. I'm buying all the Brandon Cooks I can but not this week. I'm, I'm sitting him against the, the Chargers. Um, he's probably going to see shadow coverage from Casey Hayward. He's just, you know, you've heard me talk about Casey Hayward before. He's a tremendous cornerback and he'll yeah, he should shadow him. And last year when Cooks was on the Patriots, the Patriots play the Chargers on the road, and Haywood kept Cooks quiet to the to the tune of five catches for 26 yards. So not a happy day for him. There's better options available uh, this week, uh, and if you've got one of those, I'm I'm sitting Brandon Cooks. Not a bad sit for you, but I've got a bit ballsy this week. Not as sexy as Gronk, but I'm uh, I'm sitting DeAndre Hopkins this week. He's uh, playing opposite Janoris Jenkins, and Deshaun Watson's favorite target is back, Will Fuller. He also got that thumb injury and the giant secondary for some reason, don't know how, but they're actually playing surprisingly well, apart from Tavon Nelson last week, going for that monster touchdown. But yeah, sit DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, it's not hard. To, it's not hard to play well against Dak Prescott and no wide receivers. I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm, yeah, mate, I'm just saying. It's a bold. It's a bold call. I'll give you that. It's very bold and. There's, yeah, Will Fuller's there, but he's he's not Deshaun Watson's favorite target. Yes, he, he is. Just, he is. He's, well, he's scored he's eight touchdowns he, in five games they've played together. He's his favorite target. Well, he might have success, but he, if he was his favorite target, favorite he'd, target. Target him, he'd target him more, but Hopkins gets all of the targets. So, you know. All right, I'll, just be, I'll be right again and you'll be wrong. Uh, we'll move on to <laughs> tight ends. Uh, who is your first start for the week? I'm going back to the well against the horrific, horrendous, useless Philadelphia Eagles defense mm-hmm. and uh, start, starting Jack Doyle. Well, interesting, because I've, I've got uh, Jack Doll and Eric Ebron as my combination sit for the week for tight ends. Oh, interesting. Okay, I, I Well, I really like a, a, 
uh, a, a little beer bet this week oh, on, on those on those tight ends for sure. <clears throat> so what what is your uh, reasoning? I mean, so you're saying sit. I'm saying start. We 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 talk about twelve team leagues. I think it's Ebron's a, a, a not Ebron. Sorry, I think Jack Doyle's a top twelve tight end this week. Um, all right, go for it. Done. Let's do it. Let's do it. Done. I'll t- I'll tell you why. Why is that? The defense stinks. Yeah, and Ebron has been catching the the touchdowns, but Doyle's second in the team in targets. He's been on the field for ninety five percent of the Colts snaps. Ebron only thirty seven percent of time. So yes, they do like him down in that red zone and get the touchdown looks. But Doyle has you know he's just a more well rounded receiver, and I think he's going to see. Plenty of volume. He might not score a touchdown, but I think the volume will be enough to sustain him uh, for a top 12 finish this week. Poor you, Lewis. Poor you. Um, <laughs> Eagles did let Howe go off, but that was because we couldn't tackle him. And he should have been tackled five times. And that's... What did he have? He had a 75-yard touchdown. And that should have happened. It should have been a 20-yard gain. Um, the Eagles' also, defense also allows an average of six PPR points to tight ends at home. Wentz is coming back. That's going to light a fire under their ass. Um, we've been very flat the past two weeks. And look at this Eagles defense to absolutely show Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron who's boss. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll see. I'll I'll look forward to talking to you next week when Jack Doyle's had a has a top twelve week. Awesome, can't wait for it when pigs fly. Um, who is your sit for this week? My sit for this week is Trey Burton. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's got he's got a solid. A solid matchup against Arizona. I mean, the whole team sucks. But he's just not seeing the volume. He was bailed out by a touchdown last week. But, he, you know, he's he's only seeing a handful of targets each game. Mitch Trubisky isn't getting too many reads. Alan Robinson has got an insane market share. He's got about 50% market share at the moment. Taylor Gabriel's getting involved. Um, you know, and they're using the running backs in the passing game as well. Uh, and turn, turns out Jordan Howard might have got oh. some of those Go go gadget, go go gadget hands. Because oh, he's catching the ball. Okay. He hasn't he hasn't he hasn't dropped any yet. But you know, they haven't, haven't been difficult catches. But he's 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 definitely improved. So kudos, kudos to him for for improving. But I still I still think or hope rather I can't think, but I really hope that they will look to get Tariq Cohen more involved because you just see him when he touches the ball. He is just uh, he's he's explosive. He's he's very fun to watch and he makes stuff happen. But yeah. Burton down on the list in terms of in terms of targets, and he's not being utilised as the Travis Kelsey light as we thought. Either, well, he's no Travis Kelsey, talent wise, uh, athletic ability wise, and, and size wise. And um, you know, Trubisky just can't get through through the reads like uh, Alex Smith can as well. So he's just not as good Whoa. as a quarterback. So we'll 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 see how it progresses for the season. For for Burton is a, is a sit for me. Um. We all forgot that Mitch Bruce can't play quarterback and he has to be scripted plays for him to actually do well. Um, that's why we all thought Trey Burton was going to be a huge year and unfortunately he started off pretty slow, but I very much disagree with you this week. Arizona sucks. Um, they can't cover anybody. Um, and yeah, I would love to put another beer bet on you for uh, Trey Burton being top five. you be top five. You're ballsy, my friend, but sure, we'll take, we'll take that. It's uh, the tight end drinkathon. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, my start for this week is Evan Ingram uh, playing against the Texans this week. You saw week one that uh, they just destroyed the um, Texas middle of the, uh, Texans middle of the field with the Patriots. Um, Gronk went out for a huge game. Sort of the Titans didn't exploit that last week because they had no one to throw to. Uh, no Delaney Walker in the middle. And Blaine Gabbert's their quarterback. But I expect Eli Manning to actually do something this week and Evan Ingram have a big game. Yeah, that's a... Good call. Starting Evan Ingram most of the time, unless he has you know bad matchups like he did against against uh, Jacksonville in, in Week One. But yeah, fire up Evan Ingram this week. Should should uh, get some get some volume. Who's your stream for this week for your tight end position? It's the man, the man who just uh, ran a train on the Eagles, and that's OJ Howard. Okay, fair enough. Because he's going against that terrible Pittsburgh defense. They just gave up seven catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns to Travis Kelsey. Now, I know OJ Howard isn't Travis Kelsey, but, you know, he's got fish magic thrown to him. It's just it's just a matchup. It's just a solid uh, matchup against a, a poor defense uh, to the tight end. He's only 21% owned. So, if you're in a bit of a bind at the tight end position, um, yeah, OJ Howard, is a I think, is a solid streaming option this week. Um. 
Don't agree, don't disagree if you're there. I've got uh, Mark Andrews from Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they're playing the Broncos this week. Um, he's a pass catching tight end. He will split time with uh, Max Williams, but uh, Will Disley and Jared Cook torch the Broncos. Um, he averages 8.4 PPR points, and I think he is a good stream. He's only owned in 0.6% of leagues. Interesting. He could make make for a, a very nice uh, tournament play in, in daily fantasy as well with such such low ownership. Um, people people might not be on him there. So yeah, Mark Andrews. That's a that's a interesting interesting stream. But I I absolutely agree with the the reasoning. The Broncos have been exploited at the at the tight end position. Give me your defenses for this week. Defense. Start, I'm firmly behind the Rams' defense this week. I know they're going up against a very good offense in the Chargers, and that might give you pause and maybe want to sit them. But, you know, Rivers is always good for a few turnovers each season, and I think this will be the first game of the week where he, he struggles. Uh, I think he's going to have to force the issue against against them. The Rams are going to score points against the, um, against the Chargers, probably without Joey Bosa again. They're still getting things worked out. And... Philip River on his career, his touchdown to interception rate is two to one. After two weeks, he's six to one right now. Only one pick thrown. He's going to get pressured. Talib and Peters are excellent cornerbacks. Peters is just an absolute interception monster. I can really see him picking one off. And um, yeah, I, I uh, absolutely fine with starting the Rams this week. Don't disagree with you there. I think the Chargers going to have a bad game this week against the Rams defense. I've gone pretty easy. I've gone with the Bears, even though they're. Uh, owned in only 6% of ESPN leagues. Um, they're number one defense in the NFL. Uh, they scored 14 and 17 points in the past couple of weeks. Khalil Mack is absolute beast and dominant force in the NFL. They've also got playmakers like Lynch, Ford, uh, Smith, Fuller, Hicks. Um, Cardinals suck. That's just an easy, easy play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, the O-line is horrible. Yeah. Maybe this is the game that we see that we see the change uh, from, from Bradford to Rosen. This is because... You know, I predicted Fitzpatrick dying on the field in, in week four, being murdered by Khalil Mack. Could it be? Could could there be two quarterbacks retired by Khalil Mack in consecutive weeks? Who knows? But it's an you know, it's an entirely possible scenario that, that might play out. My um my sit for the week on defense is the New York Jets. They're the number one defense in fantasy football right now on ESPN scoring. Um but it's it's a sit with a with a caveat. They've had a huge week one, fine in week two. But if you have can't if you can't pick up a better streaming option, you know you still got to roll them out. They've got a very good secondary. Tyrod's pr- pr- is prone to a you know a turnover or two recently. But I like the Browns at home. I don't like starting defenses when they're going on the road. So yeah, um, I would I would happily sit the the Jets this week, even though they are the number one scoring defense. Don't disagree with you there. It's going to be a weird game tomorrow night. Don't know uh, Tomorrow afternoon. Don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting. Um, I've got the Chargers, the opposite of you. Um, they're going to be my sit. Uh, they're playing against the Rams. They haven't looked really good in the past couple of weeks. They allowed the Bills to score 20 points on them, which was pretty interesting. Um, Mahomes torched in week one, and Bosa's still out with a foot injury. Uh, Raidnals and Cardinals both scored zero points against the Rams. Their defense scored zero points against the Rams. So, not liking the Chargers this week. Yep. Completely fine with that. And the the other side of my sit is the the Browns, who are my streamer defense for the week. Only 5.5% owned. They'll probably concede some points, but Donald is, as we've seen, he's a young quarterback. His One of his biggest issues coming out of college was turnovers. And so far, that's followed him into the pros. It's something when he, you know, as he matures, as he develops, he's, I think he's at 21 years old, that probably will, will, uh, Come out, come out of his game. But the Browns have got a very nice pass rush as well. You see Miles Garrett giving him some some real trouble. They're averaging three and a half sacks a game and ten fantasy points. Uh, stream the Browns this week. They're going to be my streaming too, uh, team too. But I've gone differently. I've gone the Dolphins playing against the Raiders this week. They're number four uh, fantasy defense uh, in fantasy on ESPN. Scored twelve and eleven points in both their games. They've had five interceptions and a touchdown to start the year. Um, everyone thought they would be the worst team in the year. Even I did. Um, but yeah, Carr hasn't really put uh, many points on the uh, for the Raiders with offensive guru John Gruden. Um, they sort of had a disaster start, so I think the Dolphins are going to beat up on the Raiders this week. Yep, like that. They're, they're playing at home, like you said. The Raiders have got a, a long travel down there to to Miami. Um, home favorites always good to start a defense. Alrighty, that's the uh, start sits and streams for this week. Uh, now we move on to our kicker jewel segment. Uh, 
Lewis is up 1-0 and 1. Thanks for our tie last week. Uh, Lewis, who are you starting this week? I'm starting the Bengals kicker, uh, Randy Bullock. Interesting, uh, interesting. Yeah, just got that that nice nice new contract. They're going on the road down to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah, I just... Uh, it's Our criteria makes it hard. You know, less than 50% owned. We can only use one each week. I think there's going to be some points scored in this. He's a, he's a he's a very solid kicker. I fancy him to get a, a few field goals, a couple of extra points. So that's 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 really it with with Bullock this week. I've gone with uh, the man Dan Bailey. Um, just signed with the Vikings, twenty six percent owned uh, in fantasy. According that was this morning. Um, he was one percent uh, Wednesday morning when I picked him. Um, most reliable kickers in the past decade for the Cowboys. They're playing the uh, Bills. Going to be a lot of points scored, a lot of kicks. Um, I'm really liking this one. I think yeah, I'm, I think Dan, I'm my first win. Yeah. I like I like Dan Bailey this week as well. I've actually rustled him in a few leagues, dropped dropped some other kickers for him. We'll 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 see how how it plays out, but it's a it's an interesting one. Interesting. Well, we'll see you next week who's uh two and zero for the week kicker drill in fantasy football. But we'll move on quickly to Saquon watch. All right, Saquon Watch. As you know, uh, I'm a huge fan of Saquon Barkley, and I just want to use this platform to really just break down and quickly discuss his his performance each week from a, a fantasy perspective. Uh, in week two, he 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 rewarded you to the tune of 24.8 fantasy football points in PPR scoring. 14 catches for 80 yards means he's got an absolutely tremendous floor. Eli looks horrible. He's just checking down to him continuously. But he's really struggling in the run game. And some people are, you know, pointing at, oh, Saquon Barkley can't run. He's not a good running back. He's only, he's a glorified, you know, pass catcher. But the Giants O-line, despite adding Solder, despite drafting Hernandez, it's just absolutely horrific. And they are dead last in yards blocked before first contact. So no matter what he does, Barkley, unless he's able to break off one of those big runs right now, he's going to have a really low uh, yards, yards per carry. But unfortunately... Uh, I don't see the Giants O-line getting much better, but he's going to reward you with, with his, his catching prowess. And just he just leaps off the tape of how talented he is. He makes guys miss continuously. He can juke, he can spin, he can hurdle. He can do it all. And really, it's just so much fun to watch. The, the NFL is great having explosive running backs and fun running backs to watch. With Bell sitting out, it's a, it's Saquon's party, and he stepped up and, and really, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying watching him. Heard an interesting stat today that he is the only player uh, with 14 catches uh, to have less than, I think it was 90 yards. First play in NFL yeah, history. It's, it's, yeah, you can just tell the Giants That doesn't offense. surprise me. E- Eli is just dumping it off to him in horrible situations. And because he's not throwing deep, the defense is just keying in on it. And the fact that he even got 80 yards is, you know, is, is a testament to him making players miss because they're not, they're, they're all, short or or low depth low depth targets they're not they're not lining him up in really in the slot and getting him to run routes like like he can and like we hoped his usage would be but right now in PPI he's got that he's got such a good floor you you you're starting him every single week and you know maybe against uh, the Texans he might have a, a little bit more look anyway we'll move on to our last segment for the night we'll uh, get the mailbag come on Let's go check the mailbox and see what's in the mail today. Hmm. What's in the mail today? 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 Lewis Bobbing, you said to the song, loving it as always. That's, that's it. That is the bear in the big blue house bringing the funk and bringing the mail back. So our first question this week comes from Bryce. And his question is, is now a time to try and trade high on Josh Gordon? I presume he means trade away. Or do you think owners should hold as he'll be a stud once he learns the playbook? Now, guys, you know, you've heard me talk about him all season. I'm a Josh Gordon truther. I believe in the talent. I think he's incredible. I woke up and saw the news that the Patriots had traded for him. And it was like a kid on, on Christmas morning. Uh, I wouldn't be trading Josh Gordon unless you have a 
you know, unless you have a real team need somewhere else and someone's gonna gonna pay for it, I'm holding on to him because the upside is just tremendous because he really could end up being, uh, you know, a low end wide receiver one and, and being a league winner for you. So I'm I'm, I'm holding Josh Gordon. I would hold on him too just because Tom Brady's his quarterback. Um, that's probably the only reason. But yeah, it just seems like his issues are just catching up with him and he can't really focus on football, which we all want him to do. Yeah, and, and hopefully he has. And, you know, this there was the, the weird reports coming out of Cleveland. Oh, he wasn't looking himself and he could have been high. And no, I think they, they were just feeding those lines to their usual mouthpiece journalists and Really, what happened was he injured. You know, he tweaked his hamstring filming his his comeback video on a on a Friday night, which probably wasn't the best decision. But that's um that's what happened, and he's been he's been traded for for absolute cents on the dollar. And actually, a really bit of interesting insight, which I I think people would would like to hear us listening to the Tomahawk podcast, which is Joe Thomas and, and Andrew Hawkins podcast, both both now retired, both previously played for the Cleveland Browns. And they both said that Josh Gordon is actually a very intelligent and very uh, high football IQ player, which is, you know, surprises surprised me when I heard it, but they said he's an absolute monster. And they said if if his personal issues are are sort of in check, not behind him, they probably never will be, but but sort of in check and it seems to he'd be taking all those kind of right steps that he, he should have no problem catching on and, and learning the playbook. Let's hope for his sake and everyone else's sake because he's a great football player. Exactly. Moving on, um, Regan asks, when do we start uh, moving on from Ron Fitzpatrick? I mean, we already talk, talked about that for me. I think this is his last week. He's going to get, you know, he's going to have a bad week against that elite Bears defense. James, what are your thoughts? I think sell sell now while you can because he's he's gonna regress sometime. He can't he can't play this well for the rest of the year. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you know, second reference to this podcast, guys. If you have, haven't heard it, I really enjoyed it. Actually, they're, they're both very uh, articulate, intelligent guys. Really good football discussion. But uh, Joe Joe Thomas said Fitzpatrick has got a gas tank, and that's a it's a gas is his give a shit tank because at some point he will just stop giving a shit and that's when it all falls apart for him. He cares when he's about to get paid. Or he cares at the start of the season. And the second thing starts to go a little bit difficult for him. He's like, hey, why am I stressing about this? I'm a millionaire. I'm playing quarterback for fun. So that, that was his, his his take on it. I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, and the second part of, of Regan's question is, do I put Fournette back in, even though he might not get fed as much considering he's coming back from his injury? He's been limited in practice. It, to be honest, if Fournette's healthy, you've got to start him because that's their game plan. Even though, quite frankly, the Jaguars are a better team without Leonard Fournette on the field. Uh, Bortles is a better quarterback. They have two perfectly capable running backs in, in Grant and Yeldon. Uh, and, you know, they they win. They're undefeated when, when Fournette doesn't play and their points differential is much higher as well. So take of that what you like. Um, but, yeah, for fancy purposes, it's uh, very easy to, to start Fournette. Um, Provided he's, you know, if he starts the game, we have time for one more question, Lewis. Go for it. Time for one more question. So, um, well, I'll, I'll quick, quickly answer answer two. Sorry, uh, Abel wrote in and he said, "Is it the worst time possible time to sell DJ?" But I think we answered that at the top of the show, and we both agree yes on that. <clears throat> um, and the last question that we will discuss is. Um, Mark, and he says, at what point do you worry about Hunt with Mahomes? It's a two-part question. And what point do you buy into the hype with players like Lindsay and Disley? So, again, I touched on it. I'm, I'm really worried about Kareem Hunt. Because last year, a lot of his value came from the passing game. He got 4.2 targets per game, um, 30 yards receiving per game average, and a solid catch rate of 85% as well. And there was that lean period where people were you know, starting to worry about Kareem Hunt. He was getting less than 10 carries per game. But at least in those games... He saw at least five targets, which sustained his value. And so far, he's only had one carry per game inside the red zone. And last year, he was averaging 2.3 per game. So lots of concerns for Kareem Hunt. Now, if if uh, Mahomes comes back to earth, then they might start going back to Hunt. But right now, I'm, I'm concerned. Um, I'm not concerned with Hunt with Mahomes. It's more Hunt with the defense because <coughs> obviously the defense is terrible and Mahomes is going to have to chuck it every game. That's why I'm more concerned with Hunt. Obviously, Mahomes is a better quarterback than Smith, but you can't run the ball when you're. Uh, you can't run the ball when you're 
defense is terrible and you can't hold a lead. So I think yeah, that I I completely I completely agree with that. You know, it's it's the defense isn't stopping anyone. Um, it's clear that he's not involved in, in the passing game either. He's got his three targets and and Hunt Hunt isn't isn't one of them. And just quickly buying in the hype with players like Lindsay and, and Disley. You know, they're the they're, they're quote unquote breakout players. We talked about not liking Lindsay this week. You know, Lindsay, I, I, if the matchup's good, I'm, I'm I'm happy to ride him. We'll 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 see. There's always going to be question marks over that type type of player, Lindsay, particularly because of his his size and and and, and such. But he's, he's shown he can play football. Uh, and Disley, well, we're just down on the whole Seahawks offense as a whole, just because they got no line. It's just a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, Lindsay more so, I believe more in him because he actually can see he can play football. Disley less so because he got a garbage time touchdown in that Monday Night Football game. That's why his score is so high. I don't believe in Disley, and I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna be a drop candidate soon. Yeah, I mean, this time last year after after two weeks, Jason Witten was the number one tight end of fantasy football, and um, Kobe Fleener was the number three. So, you know, let's not let's not get too carried away after after a couple of weeks. Well, that will do us for the uh, another edition of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and uh, follow us on uh, sorry iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us a five star rating too; we need them. Um, Melbourne listeners, come to the Sporting Globe, Richmond, seven pm Sunday night. Go see James and Dan. Go give the website a visit as well, thevaultstudio.com.au. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Vault Studio. And Lewis, where can we find you? On Twitter at ff underscore down under and on Facebook at fantasy football down under. And like I said, at the top of the show, Sunday nights from around 7 p.m., I will be doing a live stream, taking your start, sit questions. So make sure you, you like the page, you, you join the group. And uh, yeah, come in, come in and ask any questions that you've got about, about trades, joining leagues, general fantasy questions, and, and any banter as well. It's a good time in there. Absolutely love it in there. Well, Lewis, I'll see you next week. Good luck. Um, you're going to need it. Um, have a great weekend, mate. I'm looking forward to my victory lap already. You enjoy your weekend too. Will do, mate. See you later. See ya. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo?